And from the venerable offices of the Commercial Dispatch in fabulous downtown Columbus, this is your Bully Banter Podcast, where we discuss all things Mississippi State, a lot of things SEC, and a few things we just think you should know about in the world of college sports. I am Dispatch Sports Editor Tom Rosinski, along with all-seeing, all-knowing Bulldogs beat reporter Theo DeRosa. And Theo, let's start with the end. College football season is over. It is. It ended Monday night in the college football playoff national championship game. Georgia capturing its first title since, what, 1980 with a 33-18 win over Alabama. Most significant thing about that is that Vince Dooley is still alive. I had no idea. I mean, I remember that. I remember Herschel Walker in college. I mean, I wasn't old, but I do remember it. Uh, and I thought Vince Dooley was kind of old then. And to see him actually at the game was kind of cool. Yeah, I really don't think I'd ever known much about him. I'd heard the name, of course, and heard about Herschel Walker's career. But to see it actually happen, to see him actually there, was got to be pretty cool. I want, I want to say he coached for 25 years. It was a long time. All at Georgia. I don't know if he coached anywhere before that, but he coached 25 years at Georgia. Won a lot of games and obviously the one title back when they voted on such things. Yeah, that longevity for a coach at one school is so rare now. I don't know when you find it. I mean, Bill Snyder is the only example I can think of right now that's been there that long, one school, but it is really rare and uh, Vince Dooley is surely happy to see the ring. Now, they always talk about Georgia's 41 years of frustration. There's only a handful of programs that have a chance to be frustrated when it comes to national championships. Just stop that silliness. There's a whole lot of schools that will never sniff a playoff, much less a championship game. So they haven't gotten one in 41 years. Big freaking deal. But as far as actually winning it, that was very, very special for Georgia. They've been this close a couple of times, and having Alabama in your way is not really the best way to try to win a championship. Uh, and to have them actually get over that hump while winning one has got to be really special for them. I got to say, that game until around the fourth quarter was fairly boring. I mean, maybe if you're a fan of defense, you would say differently, but you can't enjoy watching 22-yard field goals that much. Alabama really had a chance to tie it up at the end, but that Georgia defense came through one last time. If it wasn't on turf, it would have been three yards in a cloud of dust football. It was in the right part of the country for it in Indianapolis. Um, But yeah, it was a field goal battle until one turnover led to a touchdown and obviously the the big turnover with the ceiling touchdown. But not really a fun game to watch and kind of sort of reminiscent of the LSU Alabama CFP uh, BCS final a few years back. Sometimes when teams know each other too well, nothing really fun happens. Yeah, I think that was what, like twenty-one to zero or nine to zero or something like that. I, the, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Was, I can't remember if it was the regular season game that was like nine six or the postseason. One of them was like nine. It was horrible, and the other one was not quite as awful, but less competitive. So it was two really bad games, and that was back when only two teams went, and there was a lot of complaining about that matchup. And as it turned out, weren't wrong. Uh, but this one was obviously the two best teams. Uh, for all the talk about wanting different teams in the playoff, there's Alabama playing for a title again. Uh, but this time, not so much uh, Alabama, but Georgia. And I got to tell you, I wasn't going to bring this up, but this is just too funny not to. I get an email, uh, my work email. This is not the kind of stuff I get in my private email. Uh, from a adult entertainment site that told me and the rest of the world that's on this email list that traffic on this particular adult entertainment site skyrocketed in Alabama immediately following that game, and a couple hours after that skyrocketed in Georgia. Interesting. So apparently you have to put something else first. <laughs> apparently, if, if yeah. you win. I, 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 that was just too darn funny. I couldn't help but bring that up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but the next morning, Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett did an interview on Good Morning America while looking very, very intoxicated and probably hadn't slept very much. I kudos to him for taking that interview, but I think I would have been too dead at that point. 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like when they interview people at the uh, post Oscar party at 4 a.m. local time on Good Morning America and Today and all those programs. It's like, you know, sometimes you really should just wait and do it the next day. <laughs> but everyone wants to be on the scene and I, I can't blame them for that, I guess. But that had to be a very funny look. Speaking of Stetson Bennett, he's a Mississippi junior college guy. He went to Jones and now he's back at Georgia. And I think he actually does have one more year to play for them. And so many people didn't think he would make it even when he was on the roster. I picked JT Daniels as my first team All-SEC quarterback this year at Media Days because, you know, we all thought he was going to play more than like three games. No? You know, it's it's amazing how there are so many things that look like they're sure things and you just don't know. How many people thought Tiger would easily break Jack Nicklaus's record? Not going to happen. You don't know that. I do. He's coming back. It's not going to happen. But uh, he still needs four to tie, doesn't he? Or three? I have no idea. He needs three or four to tie. That, that's not happening. But that kind of thing. Another better example of football, Dan Marino. He'll be in more Super Bowls. Don't worry about losing that one. No. 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 He threw for 15 million yards, but didn't get back to another Super Bowl. Went to the, it was a rookie or in his second year. I keep forgetting which. But basically, he was brand new in Miami. Had those great receivers. Gets to the Super Bowl his very first season. Very first try at the playoffs, I should say. And people, he loses. Like, oh, he'll have plenty more chances. We'll see a lot more of him in this January. Well, now it's February. But back then, it was January. Never got back. So uh, I, w- I will say this to the Georgia fans. When it was on your plate there, it's a good thing you took it because you just don't know. Are we done with football now? Uh, a couple more things on Mississippi State. Some notes. Today, safety Kyle Cass entered the transfer portal. Cass, I think, played in about one game this year, none last year. He was a transfer from Mississippi Delta Community College. He joins a roster of mostly defensive players. In fact, I think entirely defensive players to have entered the portal. You had linebacker Aaron Brule a while back, defensive end Aaron Odom, uh, safety Janari Dean, who is transferring to Southern Miss and wants to play running back, defensive tackle Armandus Cooley, also Southern Miss, Odom also going to Southern Miss. You see that that school is picking up all these power conference transfers. I think they have something like six from MSU and Ole Miss combined. Well, them going to the Sun Belt makes them so much more attractive. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, that's the kind of school where these kind of kids, if, they, if playing time is the reason you're leaving as opposed to just other reasons that pop up all the time, Southern Miss is the kind of school you go to. They have a tradition, but not lately. You'll get a chance to play there, and who knows? It's also not far from where you are now if you're at Mississippi State. Exactly, and I think most of these, if not all these kids, are Mississippi natives. Dean is from South Panola. and You have... Fairly close, I'm three or four hours, and I think the chance to play for a Division One in-state program is a big draw. But like you said, if they're not finding playing time at MSU, it makes sense for them to pursue something like Southern Miss. I mean, there are other reasons people enter the transfer portal that are also somewhat selfish, but playing time is usually number one in basketball. Um, people get stuck behind people, and you don't think of defense with Mike Leach, but with this team, the defense was quite good. Mm-hmm. And they had people in the way if you're a player trying to crack the starting lineup. And obviously it's much easier to do that someplace else than right here. So don't wish them good or ill. Just you're someplace else now. We don't care. Mm-hmm. And speaking of players coming in, seeking playing time, uh, Northwestern receiver Jordan Mosley transferred into the program or at least announced it yesterday. He had just one catch for seven yards, but he's a four-star prospect out of a high school in Mobile, Alabama. Another Alabama product coming in, Jackie Matthews, a cornerback from West Virginia, is from 
I believe Montgomery or I, sorry, Birmingham, Alabama, and he's coming in from West Virginia. So he'll be a good piece on the defense. He played a decent amount at West Virginia last year and two on the same day, power five transfers. That's got to help the program. Absolutely. I mean, West Virginia has not really hit its stride in the Big 12. It was kind of an odd fit all along. Uh, but clearly they're still able to recruit if they get quality prospects out of Alabama to go to West Virginia. But then you wonder who else offered him out of high school. I don't know. But he's obviously a quality talent, if not a quality college career so far. But it, and then in the Northwestern case, you have a kid with that many stars. Doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. One catch, seven yards. He's got almost as many stars as yards. That's not really the way you think you're going to be when you're a four-star prospect, but maybe you'll have uh, sunnier pastures here. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting with Matthews. He was a Juco guy at Gulf Coast. Uh, Mississippi State is bringing in two Gulf Coast players. They wouldn't have shared the field with him, but two other Gulf, Gulf Coast players and Percy Lewis and a Carlos Nicholson to its recruiting class. There is quite fertile ground among Mississippi Jucos. Yeah, I think there's some like 15 or 20 players on the current football roster that come from those Jucos. Uh, the the quality of football at that level is 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 really really good. Uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of states don't really have much in the way of JUCO football. Mississippi uh, high school kids should feel quite lucky that they have those opportunities because a lot of them do get to turn that in. You know, parlay that into a, a four year school, uh, and they will people will find you if you're good. So there's no harm in going to a place like Jones or East Mississippi or or Gulf Coast or any of them. People will find you if you're good. So. Good luck to them coming here. Anything else football-related to Mississippi State? No, I think we can kind of put a wrap on football season. I'm sure there'll be news here and there, but I think we're ready to move on to basketball. Mm, that's the round ball, right? I think so. Okay. It's been a while. Okay, okay. Well, I was just curious. I know it's way too early. This is like talking about bull projections in October, but we did that too, so what the hell. I was looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Mr. Lenardi, most of you might know. Uh, has had a remarkable record of getting the the somewhat uh, mercurial committee's decisions correct. Uh, And he has one, two, three, he has seven SEC teams in the field, Uh, also seven from the Big Ten, Big East, and Big 12, just to put that that out there. ACC only five, ha, ha, ha. Uh, He has Auburn as a one seed, LSU as a three, Alabama as a four, Kentucky as a five, Tennessee as a six, and Florida and Mississippi State as 11s. Mississippi State, one of the last four non-first four ins in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had them against Seton Hall in the first round. Seton Hall being a six seed out of the Big East. I hate Seton Hall. I'm I thought sorry. you might. Uh, there's a lot of teams from the Big Ten, and I just want to shout out the West Coast Conference with four, if not five, likely teams. You've got Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's, Santa Clara, and my favorite, San Francisco. Big fan of the Dons. Yes. Todd uh, Golden's doing a good job out there. Not since Bill Russell. Um, no, I was... And more pertinent specifically to them geographically, the West Coast Conference has four. The Pac-12 has three. It's not, not even surprising at this no. point. No. Well, the West Coast adding BYU did kind of help a little bit. Yes, that's true. But still, even without them, they have three and maybe four. Mm-hmm. And Lunardi has four in with BYU at the moment. What even would be the Pac-12 teams in beside Arizona? You know, I didn't write that down. I think Utah. Oh, the two LA schools. USC oh, and UCLA okay. are both yes. having great years. Yes. In fact, UCLA, of course. The other note uh, in college basketball, before we get back to the, the rankings and that stuff, I don't want to forget, we have no more undefeateds in men's college basketball. Number one, Baylor, and number five, Southern Cal, both lost last night. Mm. 
but obviously Southern Cal and UCLA are the other two besides. Uh, yes. Who is Arizona? Arizona. Arizona. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah, but USC was the three seed in the little four team pairing that Mississippi State and Seton Hall were paired in. So right now, if you're the Bulldogs, you can imagine a path with the Pirates and then the Trojans from USC. Now, the fun thing is, of course, the voters don't see things the same way as the numbers do. I'm no bigger of a fan of the NET rankings as I was of the RPI rankings, quite frankly. And I think they should use every possible ranking to look for anomalies and figure out maybe why they're different. That might tell you why a team should be in or out. Uh, I cannot forget the first year they used NET rankings. NC State had an incredibly high one and didn't get things that didn't beat anybody. But because they won by 40 points in all those nobody wins, they looked better in the NET rankings. That's stupid, in case you're wondering. But, as it may, LSU 3, number 3 in the NET rankings... Auburn is 6, Tennessee 10, and Kentucky 12. Uh, if you're wondering, Mississippi State is 46. I saw something that said Auburn could be the number one team, at least in the AP poll, come this weekend. And after that win over Alabama last night, I can see it. They look really, really good. Hey, Baylor losing opens the door to one of those next three or four teams, and they're as good as any of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Mississippi State has a really tough stretch coming up after this Georgia game tomorrow night, or tonight, Wednesday night. And uh, I think it's going to get a lot tougher from there. Georgia on Wednesday, Alabama on Saturday. I believe they have games against what Florida, tele- Tennessee, LSU all coming up. That's all those teams we just talked about, sure isn't it? Sure is, yes. And Kentucky on uh, toward the end of the month. Now, the good thing is just playing those games helps your rankings in some ways, depending on which ranking we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you knock off even one of them while playing that kind of a strength of schedule, your ranking will go up. And as I said, they are not in the first four, uh, the that first four in Dayton thing. They're the first, the last team in without having to play in the first four. So they actually even have a tiny bit margin for error if Mr. Lenardi is correct, and he usually is. Uh, coaches poll, the same five teams are in the top 25 as in the AP. Those are, of course, Auburn, LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama. Rankings slightly different, not very much different. Um, but either way, the SEC, not, not too many years away from being a really bad men's basketball conference, is now a really good men's basketball conference and significantly stronger than the ACC, it looks like. Yeah, obviously, I think the Big 12 is really good right now. But beyond that, I mean, the SEC might be the second best conference in the league, uh, in the country. I do like the Big East. I always have. I think it's entertaining basketball and all the teams are right around the good same region, which makes for really good games. Where in the SEC, you have teams like Georgia and Missouri that are way down there kind of limit things for the better teams. But Missouri just beat Alabama. Anybody can beat anyone. Georgia almost knocked off A&M, which is 3-0 and tied for second in the SEC. The Big East getting back to its roots as a basketball-first conference changed everything. Well, they don't have football, so... Well, if you remember, the Big East is the one that kept the name. There was actually almost a fight over that when all this American-slash-Big East-slash-leading-everybody type of thing happened. Uh, the, the Big East um, at one point had, was it 16 teams? It had a lot of teams. I mean, too many teams. They tried to be a both football and a basketball conference, which satisfied nobody. And the basketball people kind of ran the conference. And that's kind of why the football teams were looking for their homes even before raids started happening. Uh, but they are now back to being a basketball conference, and it works. They have seven of their teams in the in the bracketology, and I guarantee all of them truly belong there. There's no flukes in there. Um, and, of, well, Seton Hall, I can't stand, but 
They will lose to whoever they play. That's that's my guarantee. They will lose to whoever they play. Well, that's good news for Mississippi State fans if that matchup does end up happening. I, I've often said I am not a fan nor a hater of Mississippi State. I will become a fan if that happens. Uh, in a very large, loud way, believe me. Hmm. Uh, but while we're talking about college basketball in general, have you been paying attention to realignment news? Of course not. Well, that's why I'm here, Theo. You see, everyone talks about the SEC and the Big 12 and all that in realignment, but the landscape of college sports will change drastically because of moves like this one. Murray State has just announced it's moving to the Missouri Valley Conference. If John Morant's not there, I don't care. It was a charter member of the Ohio Valley in 1948. Now they're moving to the Missouri Valley, which, of course, is losing Loyola, who's going to the Atlantic 10. Missouri Valley just recently took Valparaiso after it lost Wichita State, also to the American. I think Valparaiso just beat Loyola yesterday, unless Loyola pulled off some shocking comeback, so that's interesting. Now, in other news, it's rumored Missouri Valley is also after teams like UT Arlington, uh, Missouri Kansas City, Illinois Chicago. UMKC beat Missouri this year, not that that's a huge accomplishment. They are the Kangaroos, aren't they? They're the Roos, yeah. Illinois Chicago apparently is almost a lock, according to a couple of sources that seem to know what's going on out there. Uh, they were in one of those. They're in like the Horizon League or something. Yes. Or the Summit. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they're one of the worst teams in Division One. I sure. always get them confused. And just because they're in Chicago does not make them desirable. But, uh, whatever. Uh, like DePaul. There is. <laughs> there is other. New, you know, every, how many coaches have come in there and. Gone through the non-conference state slate like ten and one, twelve and one, hit conference play in that league, and just how can you not recruit in Chicago? I mean, seriously. But anyway, there is other conference news to uh, stoke the flames of conversation. Austin P is also leaving the Ohio Valley, but they're going to the Atlantic Sun. Southern Utah going from the Big Sky to the WAC. The WAC is losing New Mexico State which is the one school I've always identified with the WAC, because it's the one school that I always knew was in it, uh, and Sam Houston State to Conference USA. We talked about all that during football season. They was in Chicago State and don't even know where. Chicago State has no destination. They're just leaving the WAC. Maybe they'll join Conference USA. Apparently needs some, some teams. They seem to be a, as good a fit for the Missouri Valley as UIC is, but hey, whatever. But for you fans of Sam Houston, who got used to the WAC, fear not. Incarnate word is joining it, along with Southern Utah. They're all, and they are also targeting UT Arlington. Texas Arlington, a few years ago, was basically a commuter school. It probably still is. It's smack in between TCU and SMU. It's in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, but it's just the other school in the area. And they're now sought after by not one, but two conferences. Forget what conferences they are for a second. They're sought after. They're UT Arlington. This is nuts. And another whack news... They will have, you've heard of players to be named later? They have a school to be named later. Hmm. Dixie State. That's in Utah. It is in Utah. If you gave me 34 guesses about where that was, I would not guess Utah. Well, the only reason I knew is living in in southern Nevada for nine years, a lot of our kids would go to that school. Uh, It's either in Cedar City or St. George. I always get them. I believe it's in St. George, yeah. I always get them and southern Utah confused. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I honestly don't know. But Dixie State will now be Utah Tech. So there's no longer be any doubts about where it is. I wonder why they made that change, though. I think it's for that very reason. I know. 
Because Dixie State is not in Mobile, you know, it, it's in Southern Utah. Well, I think it's they just wanted to get rid of the word Dixie, like the Dixie Chicks are now the Chicks. And by the way, not to go into this sort of things, we have, well, we have all the time in the world, actually, it's internet, but I am so sick and tired of this crap. There are some words you should not use, and some words are okay. Dixie and antebellum are not bad words. Yeah, I don't... Antebellum is Latin for before the war, people. Just because in our country it's associated with slavery does not mean it in itself is a bad word. So Lady Antebellum is a bunch of morons for changing their name. You mean Lady A? Doesn't that sound terrible? Because now you can guess what the A is. You can put all (laughs) kinds of really fun words in there, can't you? I know where I'd start. And Dixie Chicks, I mean, they were always a little radical, but kind of in a fun way if you're not offended by their politics. No more. They're stupid, too. There's nothing wrong with Dixie. There's nothing wrong with Antebellum. Cleveland Indians, they finally got it right after all these years. Washington Redskins finally got it right. But these people are just morons. Well, I heard Alabama changed the song to D-Land Delight. I'm kidding. You could probably see it. I don't know. If you've heard some of the lyrics to Dixieland Delight... I don't know any of them. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, that's probably for the best. I do not know any of the words. I'm... That one, I'm just not into that. Uh, but anyway, if we haven't exhausted the completely silly news, is there anything locally we should be talking about in the near future? Uh, Mississippi State again with those games on Wednesday and Saturday. The women's game against Kentucky scheduled for tomorrow. That's Thursday. got postponed because of COVID-19. And it was postponed to Thursday originally. Yes, and now it's postponed again to indefinitely, I guess. MSU just didn't have the number of players available for that game. They only had the... Limit of seven. And now you can play if you have fewer than seven, but you're allowed to have a no contest if you do have seven or fewer. They played and beat Vanderbilt on Sunday after beating Alabama on Thursday with only eight players. Now, is that players period or scholarship players? I believe it's scholarship players for the limit of seven. Okay, Mm because there was actually a discussion about that in a couple of these conferences when they're talking about what they're going to do with these rules. They will play next Sunday at Ole Miss, and apparently that game should be taking place in Oxford again. Well, it'll be see. interesting to see who shows up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. The two teams, men's and women's, have very similar records right now. Men's team is 10-4 and four with a 1-1 mark in the SEC. Women are 11-4 and four with a 2-1 mark. And assuming the men win tonight against the worst team in the SEC in Georgia, they will have identical records. And I still think that, assuming that they get some of their players back... Because you can play a couple of games this way, but you can't go forever shorthanded. It just doesn't work. Um, I thought they were a bit underrated when the se- before the season started. Um, I don't know why I even know this. Well, I do know why, but it's, it's, it's stupid why I know so much about some of these kids. But I thought they were a little underrated. And uh, so far, they're actually playing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they're doing pretty well, 2-1 and one in the SEC, like I said. And, and the loss was to South Carolina. Yeah, and only by 12, I mean, at it, South Carolina, it could be a lot worse. It usually is. Yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room usually between the top teams in women's basketball and even the average teams. You'll see South Carolina win a first-round NCAA tournament game by 80, and you'll probably see it again this year. Sometimes I wonder just how hard it is to find 25 teams to rank. Because not that they're terrible... But the gap is so large, and then between like 20 and 50, it's not. And they beat each other a lot, and it doesn't look too impressive. It's not that they're bad teams, just that the gap between the haves and the have-nots is much bigger in women's than it is in men's. It used to be a pure talent gap, 
like nobody was any good after the top few teams. It's not that bad anymore, but the gap as far as how talented they are is still there because the same half dozen schools are always in on all the great players. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you seen someone pick South Carolina and say, my other choices were Tennessee, Connecticut, and Baylor. Of course, not LSU because Kim Mulkey moved on. It's amazing. doesn't matter where, or if you're from a particular place, you may be your hometown school will be listed in there along with Connecticut, Tennessee, and South Carolina. I got to say, if you're LSU, you've got to be feeling good about pretty much every sport right now. Brian Kelly in football, a really good baseball team with a new coach. Men's basketball in the top 10. Women's basketball with Mulkey. I mean, you could do a lot worse, and I think they're doing pretty well. Even though Mulkey tra- dresses like the solid gold dancers went to the trailer park, uh, she's an amazing coach and a fantastic recruiter. I don't and know what the solid gold dancers are. Can you? Okay. Uh, let's see. How can I compare that to? Is there a modern equivalent? Uh, let's, it's kind of like uh, you know, discos before you too. So I'm not, I'm not going to get anywhere with this. Let, let's just say uh, clothes, that, clothes just shouldn't be that shiny. Mm. We'll just leave it at that. Because mm-hmm. what she really looks like, I wouldn't say it would be mean. But I thought that was a nice sanitized way of saying it. And it just didn't work at all, apparently. But trust me when I say this, she looks a little silly on the sidelines, but she is an amazing coach and an amazing recruiter, and LSU is in very good shape in that sport as well. And yes, you're right. You should be very happy to be a Bengal Tiger fan these days. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I think we've gotten through pretty much all of it. Not a ton going on at the moment, but again, Mississippi State basketball in full swing right now. We'll check in with you next week.